0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Downrange podcast. Wrapping up our week at the Simpsons Cup. First, you're going to have Neil, TC, and myself discussing their experiences up at Baltistral for a couple days with me. And then we're going to have Mike Brown on the backside. Getting a quick update from him, what this year's Simpsons Cup was like, from him being a member of the victorious team, an update on what he's been doing golf-wise this year, and a lot more. The Simpsons Cup added a new sponsor to their list this year, and that is Mr. Ma Golf. This podcast is proudly presented by Mr. Ma Golf. If you haven't seen the one-arm hoodie, please go check it out. You can find pictures of it on their website, MrMaGolf.com. You can find pictures of it on their Instagram page, at Golf. It's a piece of clothing that symbolizes something way greater than itself. Check it out, and if you have the funds, go out and purchase it. That money goes a long way to supporting further events, just like the Simpsons Cup, sponsoring their athletes, and a lot more. So please, get involved. Here's the Schuster Brothers. Enjoy. No, stickers are hot, looking at the back of my laptop right now, but TC, our second day out here at Baltistraw for the Simpsons Cup. Nealer, welcome to Downrange. Good being with you. Thank you. First time. First time. Long time listener. We're going to have to get deep with you sometime.
1: Yeah, I'm just waiting for the call, man, from, from the bullpen. All right. Well, I'll, I'll say play and the and horn bite. music that the Mets guy uses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> True. Sound the trumpets. So, first time at the Simpsons Cup for you today, checking it out this morning. Neil we'll start with you first initial reactions
1: uh, I think the word that comes to mind for me is like gravitas like it's there's some weight but like obviously like uh, amputees war veterans that that adds a lot of gravitas but just like how seriously like it means something and it's an amateur tournament like this is a it's an exhibition the goal is to raise money for good cause but I just feel like a Deep passion by all the guys I watched play today. Of like, I really, really want to win this match. And I love nothing gets me more jacked up than like, you know, competition, yeah, like competition. non-monetary competition, <laughs> like playing for something other than, you know, dollars. Which was uh, which was fun. Got me. Uh, got me going.
0: All right, TC, you've been out here a couple extra days, but what do you think?
1: I've been blown away. Uh, the playing with
2: Mike yesterday, or watching you guys play yesterday. The just physically how he has crafted his swing. He's only been playing golf eight years. This is Mike Brown uh, of the GB and I team. Is it GB and I or GB? Okay. So no I, but yeah, just, just seeing how he, uh how he has fashioned his swing playing golf eight years, the way he gets over to his front, like his front side um and, t- and, twist his body and then the sense of balance um just ridiculous and then watching watching chad out there today um i don't know just it's like it's a it makes me feel really bad about my own golf game because <laughs> because i have no excuses whatsoever these guys you know they have all the excuses in the world and they don't they never use them or or Refer to them or anything like that, it is like get the job done and they get the job done, and they get the ball in the hole and it's and it's cool that they come to golf courses like Baltus for all and the creek last year they're going to live them next year um they've done Maidstone like just a very it's it's reflective of the importance of this event I think
0: there's no such thing as bad answers sure this podcast for sure uh
1: well, I want to shout out my guy Nick uh that was the most amazing swing I saw today. Like,
0: so break it down for people.
1: Okay, so he's got two. Uh, I'm going to call them bionic legs. Both like legs have a different level of amputation. So I think it looked like his left leg he had his thigh, and his right leg is up to the hip. And the you know just what, and then one arm, right? So and his was it his his right arm is uh f- you know fully operational. Just watching the technique he has to use to tee the ball up. Or, like, you know, they they were getting on one of the caddies, like, make sure you park the cart so he doesn't have to walk up the hill. You know, like, the little things in between the actual golf swing that he has to focus on and state, like, that takes a lot of mental power, right? And so, like, it's, you know, in a way, for me, fascinating to watch the in-between him getting over the ball, how he gets set up, no practice swing, conserve the energy, and then, like, there's no track man golfers out here. Right. Like these are homegrown well, swings. Mike
0: Brown's trying to be a trackman golfer. He's he had his flight scope out there the other day. I don't, I don't well, I'm either.
1: saying like it's not we're not we're not on plane. Yes, okay. Like we're, we're there's a different kind of plane. Like <laughs> Nick getting his, his right arm like way up over his head. Yeah. I was like, Hands what a high. move. And then getting best shot I saw all day, uh, his shot on the third hole out of the bunker. I was like, How is he gonna get speed to get it? And it just thumped it right out, you know. A tough place to leave himself, but uh, stayed on the green. I mean, that was like, you know, you just figure it out, I guess, and, and, and drill it. And, you know, he's out there competing. It was awesome.
0: You know, I've been doing no laying up stuff for like a year and a half. And I think I brought a lot of this different aspect of golf from the community that I'm proud to represent. And that's the veteran community. And just part of this is, is the Simpson cup and other events like that, where you see my fellow brothers and sisters in arms who happen to be adaptive athletes now. You guys have seen lots of videos. You've followed everything that I've kind of highlighted. But is it what you expected it to be in person?
1: It was more impressive in person, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed watching some of the videos you put together from the Adaptive Open. Um, but there's no replacement for being out here. I also noticed that, like all these guys, like you know, we're not part of this. If you want to call it brotherhood or fraternity, right? Which can be intimidating. Of like, oh man, like this guy's. Is- like straight up and blown up like he's done a lot more in his life than or been through a lot more than i have but i do find it to be a pretty welcoming and inclusive vibe i found like like little things i felt like most every player was making like eye contact like almost like oh cool these guys you know like almost thanks for being out here and not trying to give off a vibe of like you know like you weren't in france kind of thing you know like you know so that's that's probably i don't know what to expect sometimes when you walk into that environment and you don't know what guys have been through right like there can be a little bit of like okay what do i say like what do i do but i didn't feel that way
0: i think that's the biggest thing is that nobody like the the biggest thing that people think you can do is offend yeah and it, it it brings a lot uh I think a courage to just go out there and ask questions. Sure. At the end of the day is want to be treated like equals.
1: No, you can tell. And like being around you's helps with that whole shift for my mindset the last like year or two. So like, that's, that's, uh, um, I feel a lot more comfortable. Right. And it's just like, I just find it very interesting and very rewarding to be out here and like watch these guys compete.
2: Yeah. I think there's, I just, I enjoyed meeting the guys and I mean there's a few there's a few females out here as well don't want to uh, sleep on that as well but the uh like just talking to Bish yesterday or I think I picked Mike's brain about his his prosthetic leg for like six holes Steve's he showed me the, the app and just the way it works I mean, it's like he gets a software update. <laughs> it's like like every six weeks or so, he's got different modes. He's got cycling mode. He's got going upstairs mode. He's got going down, you know, down a big hill mode. But just thinking about it from his perspective of, hey, how do you get in and out of a bunker? Like Nick, like like watching him uh have to reimagine every fa- facet of his life from a physical perspective to you know, like as simple as getting the ball out of the hole or marking your golf ball. Like that's that. And and then, and then I think also just, you know, being able to ask the questions and be curious about that stuff without it being a, like a taboo or something like that. It's like, no, this is, this is normal. This is my leg. Right. It's just like, it's like somebody asking me about, you know, or just a different type of background. Yeah.
1: Of, of, uh, prosthetics like you could tell some guys had like the uh you know the the socket on some guys that it was drilled into their bone you could tell that thing's not you know i'm unscrewing that puppy and or nick like i was i don't know it's like little things you know it's like oh man like his he had these foot joys on they were so snug on his prosthetic feet that i I was like well he doesn't have to worry about blisters you know like like i wish i could tie my shoes that tight you know it's like this yeah those things were like locked i are talking to mike about how how he
2: takes care of his leg Because it's in there watching him tighten it up or loosen it up. Um, But yeah, and just, you know, and just like talking to these guys about their life beyond golf and what golf's meant to them. Like, you know, talking to Mike, he's like, yeah, golf saved my life. Like, I started playing eight years ago. I tried to jump out a window, like after he lost his leg. And it's, and then I think also something else is just the, you know, you've got, you've got the amputees, you've got the kind of the battle scars, but you got a lot of scars you can't see. Right. And I think there's a certain element of, just because somebody hasn't lost a leg or is, you know, fully able-bodied or like looks to be, their back might be messed up or they have spinal damage or, you know, nerve damage in their leg, or they've got severe, severe PTSD, stuff like that. It's like knowing that there's a whole, like a whole host of things that aren't visible to the naked eye that are there as well. And that It's a welcoming community regardless of what your specific handicap or experience is.
0: I think it's usually intimidating to a lot of outsiders. You hit the nail on the head, though, that a lot of the times the injuries that you can see physically are not the ones that are causing the majority of the guys the most pain. And and those are the hidden ones that you really cannot see. You know, I give you guys huge, huge props, not only for continuing to support me when I come up with these ideas and I want to go do and, and experience these things because I think it's a spotlight that should be shined on incredible men and women. But also for you guys jumping headfirst in this week and coming and experiencing this and being definitely out of the waters that, the, you know, the golf world that we're usually in, but completely open to experiencing something new. And yeah, it man. means the world to not only the men and women that are playing, but the organization itself, the foundation, the sponsors that are here—you name it.
1: Sure. Well, I w- it was a highlight. I can't wait to come out. Try to get some time in tomorrow. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just—I wish with all this other shit going on in golf, like I wish there, there needs to be more of this. <laughs> you know, this is the stuff that actually matters. It's like everybody else just arguing over paychecks, man. It's,
2: yeah, I feel. I feel. Uh you know, I feel both invigorated after this, but also like, hey, like, like why don't you go fucking work out?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure. You, like you need to be a little bit more grateful and fortunate, and and take a little bit better care of your of your body. Uh, you know. And I also, didn't want to yeah. say anything, yeah. but
0: Mr. TC, who constantly run runs every rig that he owns down to empty, and he's talking about Mikey Brown's prosthetic leg and the app. It gives him what percentage of power because it's battery operated. I
2: was asking if he had a low power mode. Honestly,
0: TC, if this guy had a prosthetic, we, he would just be stiff legged. Everywhere we go, because he'd be out of power, he'd be asking for a jump start in the parking lot.
2: No, but it was, you know, it it definitely makes you both thankful for, you know, your own health and your own capabilities, but also thankful for the people that have put their lives on the line and and you know have to kind of wake up every day with the scars of what they've experienced. And, and also just knowing that this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? There's, you know, this is kind of the fundraiser for the, for the On Course Foundation. And there's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, probably millions at this point of, you know, like injured, like combat injured veterans that need a leg up. They need a, just to pick me up, right? And golf's a great great vehicle for that it gets you outside it gets you around people it gets you working towards something and i think that was just talking to mr simpson about kind of why he started this and the thought process behind that and then seeing that play out through these guys stories is like the most probably impactful thing i've seen this year
1: i also like seeing that just gb Versus USA Armed Forces, you know, like I don't know much about like if there's rivalry there or whatever, but it just it's cool. Yeah, and I like, yeah, I'm like I'm I'm gonna dig a little deeper on that. Like I'd (laughs) like to have have you know pony up to the bar and and you know how do you
0: really feel about this, boys?
1: Yeah, or well, it's a little bit like when we were in Scandinavia and you're asking like what do the Swedes think of the Norwegians? It's
0: like yo, we're all like
1: you know in the same neighborhood, but also like fuck those guys. You know,
0: (laughs) we always say yeah, you know we we. The majority of the time, there is training, cross-training between nations that goes on. We definitely deploy together. We're allies in every conflict going back to, you know, world wars. But at the end of the day, we also like to rib each other harder than anybody else can. So, you'll get some good answers out there.
2: And just seeing some of the, the, especially the Scottish guys, (laughs) very... Very Scottish, like you know, ripping a heater. They're both just just giving each other shit, just kind of gruff, you know. And it's it's uh, also. I hope I didn't offend any Irish listeners out there. I am sure the Irish have. I am not familiar with the Irish armed forces or military. I am sure they've <laughs> deployed. Well, I, as well. I, I don't look at me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah th- there, there is Irish regiments and and units within uh, the UK military. I I do I do not think. No. No. No republic of ireland a majority of them for a long period of time were deploying to northern ireland uh to fight sure. the troubles and everything else like that exactly uh but i don't there's just happens to be no like there's no irishmen who qualified this year uh that definitely are, are served as part of the Encours foundation and the course charity back in the in the uk they just happen to not be here this year so, thank you guys again a ton, not only for coming out, supporting it, but hopefully learning a little bit and, and sitting down on downrange and sharing your thoughts. Hell yeah. Man, I'll, I'll, you just let me know when you want me to come back. <laughs>
2: yeah, happy. I did, this was a pleasure, man. This this filled up the tank for me. And, you know, it seems like it's kind of a focus for Mr. Simpson and, and the team to get this beyond the Northeast. In the U.S. and get this kind of out amongst the rest of the country as well. Um, I like if it fits at all with our schedule coming back from Ryder Cup or Solheim Cup or I think it's next September at, at uh, Lytham. I would I would pay money to watch these guys play Lytham and and navigate their way around the two hundred and fifty one or two hundred fifty two bunkers there and and see the chess match that so that would be in match play for the considerations that these guys have to make as far as golf goes too. So it's, it's interesting. Do
0: you know what the craziest thing is that what, what the Encores and Simpsons Cup, what they struggle with, it's not money, which is weird in the nonprofit space because most people are always constantly worried about fundraising and everything else. It's actually like awareness and exposure and getting their story out there because they, Maybe they have too much money, but they don't have enough veterans coming through who are like raising their hand and say, yo, I want to take a crack at this. I want to learn how to play golf. I want to go to some of these, you know, training days and then come and qualify for the Simpsons Cup or, or try to figure out if they want employment in the golf industry. So if you're a veteran out there listening, you're interested, please visit their website, uh, get involved, get, you'll see it on social, everything else, but that's really what they need is they just want more guys and gals out here who, who want to join
2: what's what's stopping you from qualifying
0: well n- nothing right now i got to join the charity unfortunately it's okay. it's during our block time okay. for tour sauce every year is when simpson cup qualifications go on so unless we do But a, a, at
2: some point let's a, move to sauce so you can try to qualify there we this. go maybe
0: who, that'd be cool maybe 2024 simpsons cup member cody mcbride here we go <laughs> who knows anyway, Love it. cheers guys thanks cody
3: Yeah, when we were in New York, my, like as soon as I stepped outside, it was—I was just soaked straight away. I'm, we're just not used to that. It was spent, like the humidity was crazy. How hot do you think it was? Uh, felt like two hundred degrees. Like walking into an oven. But it was probably only like—I don't know, 80, 85, I would. But say, it was the humidity.
0: Yeah, I would say it was probably low eighties, but with quite yeah. a quite a bit of humidity, which I know it takes a bit to get used to
3: yeah like I, I, literally as soon as i got out of the shower into me into me suit for dinner i was straight like i was back in the shower <laughs> ah. when you got outside but yeah it's quality
0: what did you think of the sensor cub this year
3: oh it was amazing huh how good was that just the whole package this year was just uh pretty special to be honest with you it was um nice to be involved in I think I definitely liked the lower course more than the upper course, which was is, which is fun. Well, let, fun. Let's but...
0: break it. We'll break it down by kind of what your expectations were coming in. Then we'll talk a little yeah. bit about the golf course, golf courses, yeah. the club itself, and then obviously the competition and, and the results. So what, yeah. what were your expectations coming in?
3: Um, as a team, because we had... I think we had six new rookies this year so as a team we didn't really know where we were standing as a team but we'd only had one day practice because you know things happen and stuff like that so we'd had one one day practice as a team and you know we looked we looked pretty good amongst ourselves but we obviously didn't know what the, the US team were going to be in this year and because we knew they had a load of new rookies and uh, we just knew it was going to be a battle from the from the start so it was like When we got there, it was just because we got there a day early this year and we had a rested team, which it made a massive, massive difference. Um, you know, like we weren't getting there straight to an open ceremony, getting back at one o'clock, up at six, ready for the next day's sponsors' day. And it was, it worked out in our not in our favor, but it worked out so good for for the team as in general, you know, as we get there, we got there late Friday night. So just had a, had a chill out early breakfast on the Saturday and, you know, we were just putting and chilling and, you know, getting hydrated. And it, it just worked out really well.
0: How'd you guys end up with so many rookies on the team?
3: It's just how it was this year. I mean, um, through the qualifying, they, it, most, most of them qualified just straight through the qualifiers, you know, uh so it was it was a bit different we had we only had one day which is a stableford competition so um it was pretty much and a lot of them i you know you know you go back to the old self-induced pressure yep i think because a lot of the older guys the, the people that have played in it for now i know what a big deal it is i mean they put a lot of pressure on themselves and a lot of the new lads don't know what to expect so they're like oh it's just a, a a game you know and when they got there it was a you know they're like crap next year is going to be a bit different in qualifiers because we know what the the end result is you know
0: so you guys as a team you guys ran one qualifier
3: yeah wrong one qualifier one day one round basically an 18 hole shootout between i think it was 45 guys
0: good really good numbers. yeah
3: so um yeah it was it was we had a we had a stage one and a stage two qualifier this year so how it worked, I think it was like maybe 15 or 20 of the lowest handicaps in OCF went straight to um final stage, and then the rest qualified through the first stage. So it, it went like that. So, yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: I mean, I think since the last – from when we met last year at the Simpsons Cup until now, have you yeah. seen more new faces at on course charity events?
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean like I've met so many new new lads this year and girls. Um it's been quite an influx this year so it's it's obviously doing something right. Um, you know the and you're getting more and more people trying to get their handicaps lower enough because because obviously eight, the Simpson cup is 18 handicap. You know that's the highest. That's that's off, where so. they're getting
0: in trouble, though.
3: Some of that, them are yeah, trying exactly. to get
0: too good, and then when they go and they're playing Stableford, they can't make yeah. quota.
3: Exactly, and you know, I'm a big believer in like medal golf. <laughs> of course, you so, want you you win every yeah. medal tournament. Of
0: course, you want <laughs> but, it to be straight across.
3: But what I mean, if you played medal, put a lot more pressure on yourself. I think because yeah. you, as well as you know, Stableford's really easy especially for you know like 10 and above it's pretty easy for them to blow up on a hole move to the next hole, get a par and then they're back where they started you know and there's no real pressure and we noticed it this year with a few of our players that they were in that pressure situation and they didn't know how to handle it that first day and it was like well that's it, it's a whole different ball game in match play because there is pressure you don't want to let anyone down you don't you know it's it's a whole different ball game and I was speaking to to Mr Simpson about you know there should be more emphasis on match play within the OA just because I love the format I love match play because you don't get to do it often and you know it's I think it's a great a great aspect to have
0: so Mikey Brown wants to play metal he wants to play match he oh, yeah. he wants to play any format that doesn't include giving strokes away <laughs>
3: 100%.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, good. So you guys had a relatively fresh team. It's nice to hear that there's so many new people signing up for charity events. And obviously, those same people are then turning it around and coming to qualifiers and trying to make it the team. It's very yeah. positive to hear, especially as it, it can teach, you know, I think that's the goal, not only of everybody at the foundation, at the charity, or at the that works on the Simpson Cup committee but everybody that's yep. involved just wants to see it kind of grow year over year and see how it can continue to improve and not only improve competition wise but the more people you get in the bucket the more people you're helping
3: yeah 100% well like over the years i mean i think that was my fifth or sixth simpson cup and the standard of golf has gone crazy it's like in the last two years the standard of golf is just, it's mind blowing like how how many great golfers are in the actual foundation now and it in that's such a good thing because everyone wants to get there and everyone's putting the work in and everyone's everyone gets it now everyone gets what the simpson cup is and everyone wants to be part of it and right. I, and i love i love that
0: no absolutely so the rookies it can go both ways because as you said showing up to qualifying and not really having any expectations can be very beneficial for somebody cuz they don't know really what they're getting themselves into or what they're yeah. really missing out on. But yeah. once you actually board the plane, get over to the states, play your practice round and then competition starts to heat up. The the rookies can either go one or two ways. They can either the whole becomes real. Yeah. I mean they're either going to they're they're going to leak a little fluid down their legs because they're <laughs> nervous or Again, based off of the unknown, they're just gonna go out and play like it's a normal Saturday match. Yeah.
3: yeah, exactly. And you know, the we had it a few a few times this year where people were in that exact boat. You know, they didn't know what was there, what how big a deal it was, or they thought, you know, we just rock up. There's gonna be no one there, and they were like rocked up on the first tee, got their names announced. Uh... And the old uh, yeah, <laughs> the old nerves started to kick A little in. Little shivers
0: and... come in. And people start. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hit driver here just because it's the biggest club face that I have.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss big. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but um, it was, it was impressive to see both teams how you know how fresh it was this year and how you know I met some proper good blokes this year on you know sort of from from USA and Team GB so. Did you expect you know, it's, it's, it
0: to be an absolute killing that it was? No, no, not at all. Shocked no, the hell out went, of me.
3: Yeah, I think we did a lot of people. To be fair, I mean, when we when we um, seen their, you know, their team just practicing, and you know, they're ballers, you know, like so. We were, we knew we were up against it, but we had uh, some things on our mind this year, and you know, it sort of. We played for other people, which was, I think, you know, that sort of mentality helped a lot this year.
0: No, and it it came through for sure. And I think that's yeah. something that, you know, Dave as captain. He made a point of stressing everywhere, is that what yeah. this actually means to the team. And, you know, yeah. even though, yes, you could say that that was a, the major driving force and as close of, as you guys were with Ben... It it carried over and it trickled to the overall competition, which is always yeah. amazing to see.
3: Definitely, it was um, it was a pleasure to be part of this year. I mean, it always is, but um, it was it was a very emotional sort of one this year, so it, it meant a lot.
0: What do you think of Baltistro?
3: Ah, uh, unbelievable. That's the only thing I can imagine about it. But, it's hard.
0: You've played um, you've played at a ton of really nice venues. So yeah. when you start comparing them, it gets difficult.
3: Yeah, definitely. It, I mean I'm I'm so lucky I've got to play some of the best courses in the world. But there was something about I mean, we played we got to play both courses, obviously as you know, and played the upper course, which was fun, but the lower course for me is just it, it was next level i think you know it was um a proper gamers course you know you, it was nice definitely and just the whole just the whole facility was just next level you know like because we got to stay in the dormy house etc etc just rock out in the morning straight on the practice range straight to the putting green straight to short game wherever you want you know
0: I think we talked a lot about just their facilities. And if you, yeah, the amount of time that you get to spend there, if you don't become somewhat decent at this game, then there's something yeah. wrong with you.
3: Definitely. I mean, you know, if I, if, if I was a member at Bolt as well and I was single, <laughs> I would live in a dormy house and just play golf every day.
0: <laughs> you, should, you just got to find, find a woman that enjoys <laughs> golf just as much as you do
3: it's crazy like that just the facilities there were i mean because we got a bit worried on the on the practice day because they were hollow they were um i think they call it verti cutting greens and the next day you wouldn't even know they did it it was like how is that even possible it just it just blew that sort of thing blew my mind i was like because i thought was in england that'd be Two weeks later, you well, you th- you're looking at it.
0: Yeah, you're looking at it very much just like normal airification where you're they're going out and plugging a million holes in a green. Yeah, verticut's different. They're cutting across it, not taking you know they're hardly taking any plugs out of it at all, and the the turf yeah recovers almost instantly. It
3: a lot crazy. of sand
0: goes down to make it happen, but yeah, it was funny, and I. I you know, we were fortunate enough to play the pract or the the sponsor day together again, and you were yeah, chatting about that for for whole <laughs> on whole on whole. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just let this keep going. But you obviously saw it made yeah. it changed the competition by no part.
3: No, no, it didn't even. It it was like they hadn't done anything, but it was just pure. Like it's, I've never seen anything like that. So yeah, it's mad. But um, yeah, going into the competition, we uh, we didn't know what to expect. To be honest with you, um, it was something new—a whole new team. Um, boats from both sides, so it was it worked out for us, like pretty special. So very, cool. very special. So day yeah. one,
0: four ball matches. Yep, you lucky enough uh, to partner with Tom? Get. I would say unfortunate f- draw for you they that, that you know you're gonna play Chad at some point in time, yeah and exactly they I mean, put you in four ball which is probably better than you guys just beating your heads against yeah. each other in singles again yeah yeah but uh I would say probably one of the rare losses that you've that you've had in Simpson Cup history
3: yeah it was um it was hard because going back Tom great guy great golfer but it was his first one and he topped it straight off the first tee bless him and well, that's
0: what i was gonna say what advice did you give him going in
3: i just said like don't worry about anyone looking at you just swing your swing and he just didn't listen <laughs>
0: <laughs> no no offense to tom when he listens yeah. to this
3: no, he did listen, but he was just—he just didn't know what to expect, and he just became that, like I say, that self-induced pressure of nerves, and that was him done for the day. I—I uh, mean, I felt so sorry for him, but it was a whole new experience for him. You know, he's—he's he's been to uh, you know Afghan and, and all that sort of places, and he was like, I've never felt that pressure in my life. <laughs> Just stood on that first tee, and he was like, "It just felt like I had a thousand eyeballs staring at me." <laughs> so, um I'm trying was, to think,
0: was, Tom's uh, Royal Marine, right?
3: Yes, yeah, he was a thing four two commander. Yep, down in Plymouth and Bickley. So, um he's a local lad to me as well. He lives in Bristol, so he's uh, we're going to catch, we're going to, yeah. So we we are going to get some rounds in and stuff like that. So, but yeah, it was just nerves. Whereas Chad and Todd, Ch- Todd there old sweats at this, so they were just, you know, Chad's a great player, and Todd just uses his shots very wisely, he's like a wise old dog, you know, he, he just, he knows what he's doing, and it's it's brilliant that he, he's able to do that, so that's what done us.
0: So you guys ended up cleaning up four ball overall as a team, uh, the US was able to get, I think
3: it was 4-2 first day, yep. right?
0: 4 2 after the first day. So, you guys were able to pick up four points. Really, the anchor, or not so much anchor, but the the surprising match to, uh, I wouldn't say to some, but I mean, Bish played incredible. He played the lights out.
3: Yeah. And I was speaking to Jake, and he was like, he just, I've never seen him play like that. He said, he's mad.
0: It's it's something about him in competition that when he, when he needs to show up and play phenomenal golf, yeah, that's where he's at.
3: I mean, as soon as that putter gets hot for him, it's like it's, you, you may as well just cheers. He's uh, he's probably one of the best putters I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, including anyone. It, I don't know how he does it, but Right. he does it. He holds some yardage, just mental.
0: You guys take 4-2 lead into singles.
3: Yeah, Your which course. is, I think that's the first time we've done that in like eight years.
0: Taking a lead think, into the second day.
3: Yeah, we've never had a, like, I think Sawgrass and maybe Lidham, Um is the last, tw- What what year was that? 2014, I never played that one. Or 2013. 2013 that was. Um, yeah, that was the last time I think we had any lead going into into the singles the next day. So we knew we'd... Dave, I mean, he knew he'd done something right. So that that's pretty cool. That's right. Yeah.
0: And you start out right again. James picks up a point over yep. Clint. Bish, unfortunately, ends up losing to Todd. Those two... As close as buddies as they are, uh, he let Todd get one over on him. There was a half match in there. Chad won his match, and then after that, it was just an avalanche of Team GB wins across the board. You, in singles, pulled Jake. If you could describe your guys' match, what would you put it at? Because I would say that you ended up winning... Five and three, but it was a lot larger than lead than that.
3: Yeah, so I I just—I mean, I I think I got to like three under through, maybe six holes. And Jake, I mean, he's such a good golfer as well. I think I don't know what happened to him, but like he just wasn't firing all cylinders, and just one of them days, you know. It's going to go one way or the other. But I was just. I hit every fair. I think I missed one fairway, and I hit every green, and that makes a big difference, you know. So um, yeah, I was I was striking it well, and he just come up against it that day. I'm afraid, sorry, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was it was a good day for us. And as soon as you start seeing that blue on the on the screen, I mean I did. I don't know. I didn't know where we are until I looked. I think about the ninth hole, and it was just blue, and I was like, right, let's go, and that that was a a turning point then, and I just, the whole team must have just seen that and gone, right, we're having it, and uh, yeah, it was a bit of, something must have kicked in with us all, and and that was it, you know.
0: Can't stop that momentum. You guys ended up absolutely cleaning up, winning 13.5 to
3: 5.5. It's mad. I think that's the biggest win in the Simpson Cup history, so. That Overall
0: team totals back to five for each side.
3: Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Really cool. So and I think that's the only this is Dave Ward's definitely gonna be his claim to fame now. So he's the only <laughs> he's the only captain to win in America. Twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah, he's um it was pleasure playing for him. And it was a pleasure being part of that team this year. So it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: If you, I think some of the rookies that you guys had on the team were two members, uh, both from the Royal Gurkhas. Yep. If you could describe them a little of their backstory, I mean, I think for me, even. I've always heard stories of the Gurkhas and I think it's probably something that, that most people have heard that they're like absolute savages on the battlefield. But outside of that, you don't really know much else.
3: No, I mean, they're very like, Raj, Raj. And, um, they're just very like, they keep themselves to themselves. They're just really nice people. Um, and yeah, it was, they, 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 they proper impressed me this year, um, and they've. You know I've never really known them, but you know they. I think they. You know, everyone sort of become friends through this, and it's 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 been pretty cool. You know, we got to. Um, get to know them a bit better, and you know they're really, really, really good people. So.
0: Yeah, to say the least, and one of them is planning on climbing Everest.
3: Yeah, that's Harry. I think he's uh, so he's a double, double above me. Um, he is climbing that. I don't know when, but um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Huh? I don't know when he's gonna do it though.
0: It's insane. I don't... Yeah,
3: he's on he's on stubbies as well. Like that's yeah. just so, so if people don't know what stubbies are. They're basically about a three-inch, uh, metal pole on the bottom of a socket, uh, with heel-out claws on them. Like, I don't really know much about the climate situation that they're in, but um, it's pretty gnarly by the looks of it. Yeah, for you sure. Know, he's, you know, so it, I think it was a dream of his anyway before he got blown up. Um, but yeah, doing that as a double above is pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> it's. Yeah, I can't, I can't even think about doing that. No, but you've had a pretty phenomenal year going on. You know, I think since yeah. the last time uh, the people have heard you chat, you picked up a win on the uh, on the G Four D Tour. The runs hand in hand with the D or, uh, the DP World DP Tour. World. Yeah, you won the Irish Open. Yeah, that what's was, going uh, on there?
3: Yeah, that was pretty special. Um, so that was at Mike Juliet. and Yeah, it was just one of them sort of weeks that just felt good. I, I was hitting the ball well. Uh, everything sort of come together, and um, I changed a putter. That, that literally, I've, the day before I flew out, I went back to an old putter I had, which is a, the, a tailor-made Spider, And, yeah, I just just rolled everything that you know one of them weeks that just everything happens and it's all good um the course suited me and it was nice it was just a pure course and yeah it just happened to work out
0: well there had to be some (laughs) more that went into it than that
3: yeah i know i'm i'm uh it's hard to explain but it was one of them surreal moments where i just sort of I didn't know where i was because i don't know if you've seen but i massively dock hooked my first tee shot because i was i'd never been in a lead that that you know that style of event or that big of event like a solo lead as well and um yeah i hooked it left found the ball luckily i got a shot and uh, stuck it on the green and then i chipped no, it took up to the back of the green, that's right. And then I chipped it down to like a foot and I missed the part. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then it was. we had it, but bearing in mind, we had a seven hour delay for rain and wind and thunder. So we were all a bit jittered and I just got on with it. I think that, that goes back to being, you know, the military background of just waiting around for 10 hours a day and then going, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it didn't really bother me. I just cracked on, and um, Dave Onions, my caddy, he's ex-military as well, he's ex-engineer, so we just both got on with it, um, and, yeah, it was a pretty surreal moment. I just hit so many fairways, so many greens, and I you know, I hold a lot of putts, which I struggle with, but it was one of them weeks where I just hold everything. Um, got up and down a lot. If I did miss greens... Um, I mean, yeah, it was, but the it was bittersweet really because uh, I literally just won that event and FaceTime my mum and dad and everything like that, and then uh, got off the the ferry the next morning on the way home, and I had a phone call to say dad passed away in the night from my sister. So I went from talk about peaks and troughs, you know, it was went from the biggest of high to the lowest of low. So I'm only just really getting over that that feeling of so I didn't this is why it sounds a bit weird I didn't know how I felt about the win um so yeah but I think it was a different situation I would still be on a high about it but yeah it was it was bittersweet but I'm glad I he and and the best thing is my dad's seen it He seen me win he uh he's seen it all over the internet seeing videos and seeing the footage and he was happy so we did that no incredible yeah
0: i know he was a a big part of your life yeah and and something that you know you're never going to be able to fill but something that hopefully memories that'll last with you for a long long time
3: yeah definitely he was um he was probably the biggest influence in my life um he didn't you know he wanted the best for me all the time he just wanted me to enjoy life uh he's me, you know like a best friend really but um that was from the days of motocross, we grew up riding and just, we were together all the time and it just, yeah, so, but he had a good innings, you know, he was 77, so I was a late bloomer in life for him, <laughs> so he was, you know, but, um, yeah, he's, but yeah, he's definitely looking down on, on us and giving us some, some good vibes for, for golf now, so it's been been a bit of a, a weird one since you know I've been doing all these events and it's almost like I'm playing carefree because you know what's the worst that could happen you know I'm gonna lose a little ball now so yeah in, a, in, a, in aspect of it of him passing it's freed me in that way you know so yeah it's a bit big cliche and all that but it has Nice. Hmm.
0: I know he's there with you every day. You know that.
3: Yeah, he will be. He's there somewhere. But
0: uh as you look forward towards the rest of the year and and you got a couple events left on the yeah. on the D P tour. What are you gonna do to try to catch up with this Kip kid? I mean, it seems like he's gonna win every event.
3: It's, it's a hard one, like Because he just does nothing wrong. Um, he's such a and he's such a great lad as well. So you like fair play to him, but you know I'm there. I'm gonna be now my heads back together, and you know we're 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 going in the right direction of of like so. Finished third this week at the BMW. So um, I didn't have a very good first round, and then I got to three under. Second round, and then I put in, dock up the ball Well, it slipped, and it went, the ball was still going into the garden somewhere. It went that high left, <laughs> <laughs> so I made a double, and then yeah, finished one under. But I mean the game's there. I've just got to cut out, minimalise these little mistakes, um, and then yeah, we're 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 going to be in the mix no matter what I think. Um, um, so hopefully, I'm trending in the right direction, getting ready for I got Valderrama next which is the Anthalusian Spanish Masters. And then get ready for the big one at the DP Rolex final. So that the win in um, Ireland, already qualified for that. So um, I ain't got really much to worry about there. And I can just play freely. And that's the one I want. I want that really bad this year. Like yeah. that's where I am. Yeah, so, I mean, I love that course. It suits me. Um, my game's definitely in a better position now than it's ever been my mind's in a a better position. My fitness is in a better position. So I've got really no excuse to, to go get
0: it. I think that's the number one question I get all the time is that people ask me, Hey, how come uh, Mike didn't come over and play in the U S adaptive open? I say, Hey, Mike was planning on, he was in the field. Everything was lined up. He was lined up. Unfortunately with his, you know, with your dad's passing that it it didn't, the trip didn't end up, but I know you're excited for it for next year.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm there next year. Don't you worry about that. That's right. Um, yeah, so I'll be there 100%. I'm planning on coming to America uh, for the winter at some stage. Um, and then, yeah, so that's pretty much my season. Get ready for the next season.
0: <laughs> so what else is going on? You got to let people know. Uh, maybe we have some uh, people that are then checking into the Sky broadcast feed.
3: Yeah. Yeah, right. So... Um, I did a, I did my first ever commentary on sky sports this week. Which so how really, did this
0: even come about?
3: Uh, so I just got asked by, um, at the BMW, I just got asked if I wanted to do it after finishing. Cause it's, you know, they've obviously been watching me and stuff like that. Um, knowing what I'm, what I'm doing and, and that. so, um, yeah, Nick, I did a, a live interview with Nick, which was pretty cool. And then I went in to do some commentary, um, over some of the the first round of the BMW after I finished, so it was I was pretty mad.
0: So, what was the first experience like? Calling live golf.
3: It was weird because it's just like watching. Like I went into literally a box, and I was watching TV with chatting to an Australian lady and a new uh, South African dude, and we were just chatting, and then um, we were talking about. Uh, something, and I said, "Oh, it's oh, was about Simpson Cup, maybe." And I said, "Yeah." She said, "How was it?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty special." And then I literally went to looked at the screen, and and Tyrrell was uh, chipping. I said, "I think leading into that, I think this is going to be pretty special as well. This shot." And he chipped it, and it just well he hold it, and she was like, "And the the South African dude went, I've been doing this for thirty years, and I've never called a shot like that." so i was like he said you're a natural so yeah it was pretty cool did you get Um, any
0: jitters knowing that you're alive
3: i didn't have time to think about it they literally chucked me in this little box it's like a comms box that's all it is (laughs) literally chucked me in there give me the headphones and then walked out and i was like what am i doing
0: yeah started asking (laughs) you questions
3: yeah and that was it so i didn't have time to get nervous but um it was it was a good a good experience I'd love to do more of it you know yeah yeah pretty good it, it, the I've, call sounded yeah, really good yeah i've never um i've never even thought about doing any of that stuff, but I really enjoyed it so yeah it was good man look, what at, experience, it, look, look at all
0: these opportunities opening up to you
3: i know man I, that, that's i'm a massive believer in that i mean. You know, if I hadn't have lost my leg, I'd just been retired from the military. God knows what I'd be doing, you know. But look at all the people I've I've met through golf. I mean, like, I've got to pinch myself every day how lucky I am. And, you know, yeah, all right, I've got a leg missing, but I wouldn't change it, which is crazy, right? I mean, I've got, just through golf, I mean, I've met so many amazing people, amazing friends made some amazing friends all over the world that, you know, I would never have met. And, you know, I'm very, very, very lucky. Well said. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's mad. Like it, you're in that situation where like you and I would never have met, you know, I wouldn't be sat doing this right now. And it's just little things like that become, you know, lifelong friendships and, that's what that's what golf's given me more than anything about playing. It you know it's it's pretty pretty humbling to think when you look at it like that. I've never really looked at it like that, but <laughs> yeah, it's
0: pretty cool. Right,
3: yeah, it is. So um, yeah, that's about my 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 year. I've got some other pro tours coming up um, in the UK, and then I've got some stuff that may be happening after dp world um but i can't say anything about that yet because it's not confirmed so um but which would be pretty exciting you'd love that as well by the way i'll uh i'll dm you afterwards (laughs) now we're talking (laughs) so um yeah it'd be pretty cool
0: well all right mike As always, appreciate the time. Thank you for the update. Always welcome, mate. Congratulations on the Simpsons Cup. Not only the victory there, congratulations on the Irish Open. Thank you. And, you know, we're rooting for you in the future.
3: Cheers, mate. Yeah, I just want to say a big thank you to Mason Reed as well, from Mr. Ma, who supplied all the lads from both teams with, with some amazing kit. And they, you know, they absolutely love it. So, thanks, guys.
0: Everybody feels like a Mr. My Athlete now.
3: Don't they? It's cool. It's, it's amazing. So cool. You plant the yeah. seeds,
0: they start growing. Yeah. You get, you just get more and more people in the bucket. I love to That's see it. it.
3: I mean, that I'm so like lucky to be involved in that crew. I mean, it, yeah, it's pretty cool, especially when you can't get it in the UK. It's pretty yeah. – um, everyone's like, what is that stuff? What is, what, what is it? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty And they're like, yeah, it's (laughs) cool. So awesome, man.
0: Love it.